The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com From the deepest, darkest grooves, to the backwoods swamp near the bottom, from the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for the Big Scary Show. My name's Doug Sheldon from the Virtual Fear Expo, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is John from Old Dark House Creative, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is Ed Roberts with the West Coast Hunters Convention, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of... The Crypt Keeper. (laughs) And you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. (laughs) Hi, this is Philip Morris, and it's a real pleasure to be here on The Big Scary Show. This is Deanna Roberts from Makeup Vamp, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. I'm Travis Regalo, I'm with the Ranch of War, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. You're listening to The Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears more makeup than I do. Greetings, Haunters. You've tuned in to the Big Scary Show. And we're going virtual for a full, amazing, immersive experience. You're going to forget where you are. It's going to be amazing. And to start it all off, we got Badger, who's going to immerse you in deadline news. That you'll feel like you're really there, hearing the stories, headlines, events, and happenings in the haunt attraction industry that's going on today. We're also going to take a trip with Meat Hook Jim down under. Find out some rituals in between the corpses. Jerry's got some amazing tunes for you, which, you know, always is a virtual experience for your musical taste buds, but so much more fun in this episode. I'm going to, you know, discuss what's real and not real when you're working with your props and you know, what's going to happen with your haunt this year? Tune in and find out. What could I be ranting about there? And don't ever forget the Roundtable of Terror, where we get really virtual talking with our guests. 
We have Doug from Fear Expo and Ed from the West Coast Haunt Convention, the West Coast Con. We're going to discuss what going virtual means this year and uh, how those shows are going to have it, what um, shows are doing virtually and online this year, good and bad, um, what you're expecting, and what they have in store. Great conversation with those two wonderful guests and the rest of the hosts. Um, tune in. Going to be neat. Very informative. You're going to need as much as you can this year because so many things are up in the air exactly what the haunt season is going to look like, especially when October rolls around. We got a lot of our fun and amazing virtual goodies for you this year, but what's not virtual is a winner for the gruesome giveaway. That's right. Check out January's gruesome giveaway winner. That's going to be a lot of fun and completely not virtual. Real prizes. Amazing. All this, a lot more fun. Why? Because you've tuned into The Big Scary Show, episode 229. <laughs> Trip into a nightmare of evil with Guess What Happened to Count Dracula. He's back from the grave to rule the satanic occult-ridden world of today's mind-blown youth. <laughs> Guess What Happened to Count Dracula will trip you into a blood-smeared torture chamber and you'll never get out. Let go, let go, please! Don't see it alone. See it with someone you trust. You'll plunge into a nightmare of evil, thrills, chills, horror, terror, shock, panic, and violence, climaxing in an orgy of blood and death. Rated GP. Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free. And see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. Shadow Symphony. Desolate Horror. On the Big Scary Show.
Hello everyone, Drew Badger here. This is Deadline News for episode 229, and we're starting off with a little breaking news from the Ohio Halloween and Haunters Convention in Mansfield, Ohio. Having missed out on our 2020 event, we were fully prepared to finally bring Ohio Halloween and Haunters Convention back to the Ohio State Reformatory in 2021. With COVID-19 still going strong, we were working to be able to do so in a safe and enjoyable manner that would allow everyone to have a great time once again. We played with booth spacing and creative traffic flow patterns to do all that we could to keep everyone safe. However... This pandemic has been hard on everyone, including the reformatory, and they would have been losing out on a lot of possible income if they closed their facilities down for us, income that we cannot guarantee that we can replace for them amid the uncertainties of the pandemic. And that is not something we feel right in doing. So, we are canceling this event for 2021 and hope things return to some semblance of normal by 2022 so that we can once again bring the Ohio Halloween and Haunters Convention back to the Reformatory. We would like to thank everyone for their continued support. We'll miss you all, but hope to see you back in 2022. Until then, haunt on. You can keep up with any updates from their Facebook page, facebook.com slash OHHC2019. We have this update from Days of the Dead in Atlanta. It is with great pleasure that we announce the addition of actress Patty Mullen to the guest roster for Days of the Dead Atlanta, happening February 26th through the 28th at the Sheraton Atlanta. Patty is best known for her role as the title character in Frank Henenlotter's cult classic, Frankenhooker. For tickets and more info for Days of the Dead Atlanta, go to daysofthedead.com. We have this from the Haunted Hills Estate Haunted Attraction in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. Join us this February for a date night you'll never forget. Haunted Hills Estate Screen Park unleashes two Valentine-themed haunted attractions for the ultimate horror date, two nights only. Survive an encounter with the family as they harvest human hearts in their dilapidated compound. Attendees over 18 can also experience the sadistic scares in Cupid's Love Den. Round out the evening with undead lounge music from the incredible Frankenatra. Come experience a date night to dismember at Haunted Hills Estate Screen Park. Tickets are on sale now. They're open from 7 to 9.30 p.m. February 12th and 13th. Get more information at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Haunted Hills Estate. We have this update from the Tyler Area Vampire Ball in Tyler, Texas. Sorrowful salutations. It is with a heavy heart that we, the Vampire Court of Tyler, make the announcement that the Tyler Area Vampire Ball for the 2021 year will be postponed. But do not despair, Darklings. We will still have the ball this year by the end of 2021. Due to certain conditions, we are having to move the ball from Valentine's weekend to a date that will be more conducive of everything we want to pack into this year's vampiric celebration. We ask that you stay tuned as we will be making announcements regarding the rescheduling and the official new date for the ball. Thank you so much for the support thus far. We wouldn't be here without you, and thank you so much for the continued support into the future. We're here to make you lovely creatures of the night feel right at home. Until then, stay hungry. Keep up with those updates at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash 
Tyler Vampire Ball. We have some more haunt news, this time from the Sir Henry's Haunted Trail in Plant City, Florida. Mark your calendars! Our second annual Valentine's Day Haunted Attraction returns in 2021 for only one exclusive weekend. Join us February 12th, 13th, and 14th for Love's Revenge. Attractions and ticket info will be available soon, so stay tuned. You will not want to miss this event. Keep up with their updates at Sir Henry's Haunted Trail. And finally, we have this update on the new Ghostbusters movie. This comes to us via iHorror.com. While we were originally informed that Ghostbusters' Lewis Tully, played by Rick Moranis' character, would not be making a return to Ghostbusters Afterlife, it appears things might have changed. This bit of news comes from none other than a Ghostbusters crew member, so it has to carry some weight, right? While speaking with Living Life Fearless, Ernie Hudson said something that definitely caught our ears. Quote, I think the studios probably want to hold that one, Hudson said on Moranis' return to Ghostbusters. I love Rick, but yeah, I'll let them share that. Hmm. The answer just seems too long and specific to be a negative answer. If Moranis truly wasn't in the film, why not just agree with the same thing Bill Murray told Vanity Fair in 2020, when he said, We're missing Rick Moranis and we're missing Harold Ramis. So we're tortured at this point. Hudson's answer does give us a bit of hope, though. I mean, how great would it be to see Rick Moranis show up again? As always, we'll keep monitoring this story, and we'll bring you updates as we get them. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Ohio Haunted House Owners Actors and enthusiasts, join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the earth, this is a Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so one of the fun things about the Haunt offseason is seeing what other people are working on. You know, when they put up their props, their sets, you know mannequins, whatever they got going on, masks, costumes, it's, it's a fun time during the haunt industry. Every once in a while you come across something you got to start second-guessing a lot of things. I uh, saw somebody post a really neat prop, you know, a weapon type of thing, and the paint job was on point, beautiful, looked good, had spiky things on this and that, and, and just looked really good to a point where people were asking, well, is it real? And the answer was, well, it's not real, it's plastic. 
but not the bendy kind of plastic. So, you know, that, that makes you think, well, that doesn't really mean, you know, just because it's not off the shelf doesn't mean it isn't real when you're design building this stuff. And I get it, stuff's really expensive and things, but, you know, if it's not bendy, soft, you know, got the, the foam to it, it's still a weapon. It, it still can be a thing. Sure, it's lighter and less dangerous than if it was an actual weapon with metal, but it's still a, a weapon, and you always gotta assume the worst, and, and we've all been there as haunt actors, we've we've gotten caught up in the moment, caught up in the haunt, and probably been a little bit less safety-minded than we should be at times, you know, the, the, especially if you're working outdoors or something, in the dark, the, the shoes, the heavy boots, you, you're known to trip and, and fall on stuff, you know, I've, I've, I've actually used a pirate sword in one of my things in my very early haunt career, and you know, whipping that thing out was not the smartest thing, and I did almost—I did fall on that and had to stop and think for a second. Oh, did I just impale myself? You know, not the smartest thing, and you know, you keep that sucker sheathed after that one. So, you know, give a thought, see how things are going. It's great to say these things out here. You want to do safety in mind, but don't cut too many corners with stuff, and especially be aware of. Who you're giving some of this stuff to. Some of these actors are great, but I, I've, I've had actors bring real machetes onto scene. Yeah, no, not doing that. Go, get away. You, you can't work here anymore. So, you know, keep these things in mind. Keep distance and stuff. Even the customers are, are so, uh, you know, uh, unpredictable at times. They see a spike or something, they're just going to assume it's, you know, air-filled fake rubber and, you know stick their hand on things, even with your static sets and designs and stuff. So keep it in mind, prepare for the worst so that we all can stay safe in more ways in COVID in the upcoming seasons. Until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. And in the meantime, share your opinions on the Big Scary Show Facebook page and on Twitter at Big Scary Store. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. And ladies and gentlemen, apparently my monologue from the last show worked because it is time for the gruesome giveaway sponsored by Screamline Studios, and lo and behold, we had a lot of people enter. Thank you so much, and if you didn't win this month, Please continue to enter the contest because we love giving away these prizes from Screamline Studios. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar, what we do every show or every month, we do a great giveaway. Last episode, we had a question. The answer was in the show. We had a bunch of people enter. We picked a random entrant, and I believe we have that person on the line now. Possible winner. What is your name? Where are you located? Uh, my name is Tim Fowler, and I'm from uh, Castaic, California. Castaic, California. That's um, Southern California, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. I think I remember seeing maybe an exit off of, is it the 5 going up towards the grapevine? Yep, we're right at the base of the grapevine, uh, right next to Magic Mountain. Oh, neat. You go to their uh, Halloween event? Yeah, we check out Fright Fest every year. Nice. How is that? It's fun. No, it's good. We enjoy it. Um, yeah, especially it's really close to home, so you know it's a no, it's a good event. Very nice. You know, I used to work at the uh, local theme park in the Charlotte area, so 
Very cool. I do like my theme park haunts. But I digress. Well, Tim Fowler of Castaic, California, before we find out if you are actually the winner of this month's giveaway, we need to ask you a couple of quick legal questions. Question number one. Have we contacted you in any way, shape, or form other than to tell you when to call in? No. Excellent. Question number two. Have you tried to bribe us into picking your name out of the entrance with, you know, any kind of promise of money or jewelry or anything like that? No, I have not. Fantastic. And so far, nobody has in almost nine years. I'm, I'm a little <laughs> sad about that, but... But anyway, Tim Fowler, let's see if you're the winner here. If I remember the question correctly, the January gruesome giveaway question was, what was the name of the one-man play that our guest last show, Dick Terhune, performed in in 2019 and was rebroadcast on YouTube during the 2020 holiday season? It was a Christmas Carol. And you are absolutely right. It was a Christmas Carol that he performed a fantastic one-man show. I hope you got a chance to catch it on YouTube because they took it off of it on New Year's Eve. Maybe they'll put it back on there next year. We'll find out. But once again, I want to thank Tim Fowler of Castaic, California. You are the January Gruesome Giveaway winner. Awesome. Thank you so much. Glad to do this. Now, uh, Tim, do you uh, own a haunt, do a yard display, or work for a haunt, or anything like that? Um, do, I'm a home haunter. Um, we do the farm haunt here in Castaic. Um, past year, we did a yard display, um, and then hoping, big plans for 2021, hoping to do a walkthrough again. Nice. Do you have a lot of people this year? It was more than we expected with the uh, with COVID going on, um, but we had a good turnout. Excellent. Um, yeah, more. Yeah, it was actually it was a fun season. We had quite a few visitors. So, well, we'll make sure that what we send you from Screamline Studios will go perfectly with your home haunt there. But I want to awesome. thank once again StreamlineStudios.com for providing some fantastic prizes. Tim, stay on the line so we can get some shipping information from you. And once again, folks, we want to thank Tim Fowler of Castaic, California, the January Gruesome Giveaway winner. Again, if you didn't win this month, there's always February, March, April, and every month in 2021 because we love giving away prizes here on The Big Scary Show. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Roundtable of Terror here on the Big Scary Show. 
As you know, we try to keep up with the latest trends in the industry and all things going on. And one of the things that is going on kind of big in the industry right now is virtual conventions. HauntCon just wrapped up a few days ago. They had a virtual convention. Storm was a part of that. Meat Hook Jim was a part of that. And um, other shows have announced that they are doing virtual events. Some horror cons are doing it. Some haunter cons are doing it. And there may even be a brand new virtual convention going on just down the road. So we wanted to get a couple of people as guests who know a little bit about it or they are putting on virtual cons. And I want to thank Jerry for this one. He came up with a suggestion because a few weeks ago on one of these social medias, somebody had posted a question about what do you think of virtual cons? And it started a literal firestorm of conversation. So thank you, Jerry, for suggesting this as a topic. But uh, I want to bring up our guests for tonight who know a little thing or two about hosting a virtual con. Uh, first guest is Doug Sheldon, who is up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He's the owner of The Haunt in Grand Rapids. And sometime in just a few weeks, he will be putting on something called the Virtual Fear Expo. We'll find out what that is all about. Doug, are you with us? I'm with you. Thanks for inviting me out. Glad to have you on the show, sir. And way out on the West Coast, we have our friend Ed Roberts, who is owner of the Nightmare Factory at the Oregon School for the Deaf, also runs the West Coast Haunters Convention, which just a few days ago announced they would be holding a virtual event in lieu of a convention this year. Ed, are you with us? I am. Thanks for inviting me. Glad to have you, sir. And you're looking mighty good. It's been a couple of years since we've seen you, so. Well, thank you. Also want to thank our host for being here tonight including someone who attended HauntCon just last week up in Rhode Island. We have Storm. Greetings from the virtual state of Rhode Island. <laughs> nice. Down in Cincinnati, someone who taught at HauntCon. We have Meat Hook Jim. Uh, you know, it went really well, and I I'm interested to hear what Ed and Doug have to say about uh, the future of, of virtual cons. Uh, and it's 20 degrees and raining here too, Jerry. <laughs> Speaking of Jerry, up in Columbus, Ohio, someone whose music is no doubt going to be used at virtual cons for the foreseeable future. We have Jerry Vane. They are? Wow. Okay, I guess I have to go to one of these then. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Drew Badger. Did not get a chance to go to check out the HauntCon stuff, but they do have some on-demand things. I do want to check that out, especially Jim's class. So, Doug and Ed, um, first of all, let's go to Ed. Ed, you posted a notice the other day that um, West Coast Haunters Convention would not be happening in person. You would be happening virtually. What were the decisions for that, and how are you going to be kind of setting that up as far as a virtual event? It was decided for us by the state of Oregon, uh, and then the restrictions that are in place now granted uh, you know, something could come up down the line uh, come March or April, but we don't want to just, you know, last minute this, excuse me. Um, we want to make sure that we have a good show put together because last year we did virtual and it was hurry, hurry, go, go, get your together. And we did a pretty good job, but now we have all this time to put together a virtual show. So, it was decided for us by the state of Oregon. It was not an easy decision, trust me, because we understand that <clears throat> in-person is much better for everybody. 
there's a that's the plus you know side the plus side doing it virtually last year we saw attendees from all over the world which we have not seen so because we're a virtual show again we're going to reach out again worldwide and see if we can't get attendees in um same with uh vendors we're working with vendors around the world to uh, invite them to be a part of the show so that's what we're up to and for the very nice and for those who don't know the west coast haunters convention is actually a charity convention correct you, you provide uh services for the oregon school for the deaf what no can i can i correct that real quick yes okay. please correct that because so, i know that's not right so the so the misconception is that because i work at the oregon school for the deaf we are directly connected with the oregon school for the deaf and it, when it started the show was directly connected with the oregon school for the deaf however uh since 2012 we have been a 501c3 that provides um grants to professionals that work with deaf and or autistic children who are on the West Coast. So while um, teachers at OSD can benefit from the grant money, we are not giving just directly to Oregon School for the Deaf. We give, we've given grants up and down the West Coast to professionals. And we are a charity event, unlike any other uh, convention for haunters that I'm aware of, maybe haunters against hate do a similar thing for the LGBTQ community. Um, we're working for deaf and autistic. Uh, uh, so that's, that's it in a nutshell. Did um, donations or anything like that increase from around the world because you were getting attendees from around the world? At this point, no. Uh, they okay. went up a, a tiny bit, and that's just it. Uh, I, I can talk on this later, but uh, because we are a charity, uh, donations are a huge part of Because attendees, again, because we're virtual, will not be charged any fee to come to the, uh, the convention, as it were. Um, we will have a costume ball online, which we did last year, and we learned a lot from it. Well, a lot of us are Zoom experts this year. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I teach online uh, five days a week, uh, sometimes 12 hours a day. So I know my way around a Zoom. Uh, we did not back in uh, March of last year or May of last year. I apologize. Um, but um, yeah, to, to address the no, the donations did not go up. So uh, okay. and yeah, but we can talk about that later. Sure. And maybe we can set that to your advantage and hopefully raise some awareness and and all that. Doug, you, um, a few weeks ago, you announced to a select group of people that you would be putting on a virtual expo this year, calling it the virtual fear expo. Um, what was your decision in creating that? I know you have been doing demos for various potential vendors and potential sponsors and things like that. Um, what made you do a decision or come to the decision that, uh, a virtual fear expo was needed? Well, well, first of all, thanks a lot for having me on here. Um, really excited to, you know, talk about the virtual trade shows and where they're going. And um, it wasn't something that that just came lightly for us to decide to go ahead and release the new Fear Expo. Um, we talked to quite a few haunt owners um, about, you know, where we're at last year, 2020. Um, the fact that it was really hard for a lot of us to figure out what our products were going to be, if we were going to open um, and if we did do a virtual trade show, what they wanted, what, what did they want to get out of it? Um, you know, was it enough just to have a directory to kind of click and decide where to go? Was it something more interactive? 
Um, so we met with about 20 hot owners before we made the decision to go forward mm -hmm. with it. And then we did the same thing with vendors. What are vendors looking for? What, what, what do they want to get out of, you know, spending their, their time at these trade shows? Um, is it enough for them to have a directory? Um, would they like to have a booth that they could customize just like they would if they were at a real trade show? And to me, I think that's the most important thing about this is in 2020, we all looked at the fact that we just want to get out of this year. <laughs> we just want to get into 21. You know, let's get 20 behind us. And um, we started building Fair Expo last year just in case. We didn't know which way it was going to go, but we knew there was a lot of vendors and a lot of hot owners out there that are hurting. So um, we decided um, when we got into 2021, and it looks like it's going to be a slow start again, a lot of things, a lot of things are going virtual. Um, a lot of trade shows, you know, are moving around, not opening. So we decided that it was time to launch a true virtual trade show, one that was interactive, one that had all the items that the vendors and the hunt owners asked us for. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, it, right there in our mission statement, everything we do is about trying to help the industry and help those vendors and those hot owners that are hurting. And so that's why we even have free booths at our, at our trade show. So we're, we're give any vendor that can afford a booth, a free booth to help promote them. And we never charge, we will never charge for participants to come to any of our classes or come to our trade show. Excellent. You know, that that's kind of the, the trend. Everything has been, you know, it's a virtual show, but we're not going to charge you. We just want you to attend. And I'm, and I'm hoping that that has been successful. Storm, you were at HauntCon last week. Uh, what were your thoughts as an attendee and as an exhibitor? Uh, definitely a, a different and interesting experience. Um, <clears throat> you know, it was um, different than just like walking around a show floor and it was structured differently, which, you know, is, is a plus and minus in some things, you know, uh, to network and, and, you know, accomplish a lot, uh, a lot of elements were there, but you, you didn't really get that type of feel. It was more like you're going into a social networking thing with the opportunity to have more live one-on-one -on -one things and then a schedule of some, uh, demos and, and live things. But even the demos were a little, you know, pre-production which is fine but it, it didn't have like that show floor type of demo the demo was a lot of talking then uh you know as much demonstrating and i think some of that is you know a little, little plus and minus you didn't have like the panels uh that you'd see you know in some conventions and getting more popular in the haunt conventions um and you know the the show floor element was one thing, you know, that I really missed, you know, you, the vendors and your contacts were list, listed alphabetically. And that just never happens at a show. I mean, you go through a show and you're walking down aisle one, two, three, four, and five, you know, or 100, 200. And, you, you know, I, I don't know about you guys as much, but sometimes I need to just walk the show floor to get a feel of it and everything. And I, I love the haunt industry, but our names are so jacked up. So you can't tell what clam haunt, you know, dot com could possibly be could it be something crude could it be something food related could it be something awesome or could it be a waste of time you click back and forth and that type of thing so i, I think there are elements of that where you know is is you know more of an online experience than a virtual experience um 
and there, there's good and bad. And, and, you know, it's as much as you put in as, as you get out. But, you know, I, I, I had a limited time. It was weird having a show in the middle of the week, um, which which I'm, I'm you know, I, I, I would be more out on that. I actually took the day off. I also had a dentist appointment. That's always fun in the afternoon. But, you know, I, I took time and dedicated to morning to navigating and going through. And what was weird, too, was the exhibitor experience was different than the vendor experience. And I can get that. I, I understand to a degree. Um, and, you know, for networking and even organizing some of the seminars that made sense. But if you don't have a gazillion seminars, you might not need to network that. And, you know, I was rushing at one point because I had to go and create a new login as an attendee to get the full show experience for something like our podcast and get the idea because as an exhibitor and with the big scary show booth and everything, I couldn't see my own booth. And when I went to click on our people's booths, I couldn't see them. It, it said, you know, as exhibitor user, you don't have access to this. And I'm like, okay, I, I get it. It's, it's neat. And you got the networking and everything, but pretty much as an exhibitor, instead of having me on the show floor, and seeing what's going on on show floor and being able to interact with show floor, you put me in a meeting room, which if I'm selling and I got people lined up to buy from me, great, but took a lot, uh, took a, a lot of element away from me. So I had to spend time doing that than making contacts through the show. So good with the virtual experience, trying to organize and that type of th uh, good with the online experience, trying to organize and that type of thing, but felt a lot less than an actual show. So it really depends on what you're going for and how you're organized to both attend and to uh, exhibit at something like that. Hey, Drew, just uh, something that Storm said that, it, that I really was hoping was going to get said. There is definitely a difference between an online show and a virtual show. And, and that's something if, if we don't get to the bottom of anything through this is if we could get to that, because a lot of what's happening and a lot of what's going on now is truly an online show. It is not a virtual show. As of what I've seen so far in the haunt industry, I believe we're the only ones who's going to release a true virtual show where you're going to go on the showroom floor and we promise to hide those vendors from you and you got to search around for them. And the vendors and the um, attendees have the same experience. They can actually you know, roam around the floor and, and look at other booths, why they're waiting for people to stop at their booth. So, um, no, I, I agree 100% what Storm just said. There is definitely a difference between a online expo and a virtual expo. And it's hurting a lot of vendors right now that I've talked to, the fact that they're getting gun shy because everyone's saying they're a virtual show when really they're not virtual reality at all. It's more online directory type show. Do you think that vendors are just not getting the benefit of that or, or what? Yeah. Oh, definitely not. I mean, I talk to 20 to 30 vendors a day right now <laughs> because we're putting on a show in 56 days and we started at zero vendors three weeks ago and we're over hundred now, but, um, they're telling me over and over the vendors I'm talking about when they get into the directory field, it's, and I'm not putting anything down, but it's, it's basically like going to a website and picking, you know, alphabetically a company and then you click on it and you look at a profile that's a few paragraphs and sometimes you can click and talk to them or you can set up an appointment, but it's just not that virtual feeling. Where's the feeling of 
looking at their products or going to their online store or, you know, or doing anything that's really like you would on a, a showroom floor, you should be able to, you know, um, click on a mask and be able to turn it virtually. You should be able to look at all, all sides of that mask. That's what a virtual show is. It's not something where you click on a link and you say, okay, I'm going to look at CFX and then it takes me to their website. That's a directory. Exactly. And the, the industry's gotten away from the directories. I don't think, you know, you can't get anything out of it. It's just vendors have been so geared to a very one-on-one -on -one personal type of thing. You know, the biggest um, complaint at shows over the years is having enough floor time to meet and find out what the people need who are coming to your booth and not having enough people in your booth who can do that type of thing. That's always one of the biggest challenges of the show. And, you know, some bigger shows and stuff, you really got to identify who's there to purchase and it's going to be worth the half an hour you're going to have talking because we all want to know the story of everybody, you know, who, who shows up their haunt and how your product can help or how you might be able to push them in the right way. Uh, I mean, you get so many people with big ideas and dreams and they come in and then you start talking, and go, all right, I, I know you're looking at this neat flashy thing but you're a hayride and this isn't going to show up outside, but I got this thing over here or I got this new product in development. You know, you got to have such a conversation and the industry used to be big on the directories. We used to have a couple of them and stuff, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And it was a big thing, directories, catalogs, a lot of that's been, you know, stepping away from, you're seeing less of that. Some of your uh, haunt community boards and stuff that started trying to copy being a social network than just a bulletin board, you start seeing the traffic taper off that way. So it's, it, it's weird because you want that one-on-one -on -one approach, but if you try and recreate a social network and become the catalog or the directory uh, that was prevalent in the industry before, you could do virtual things and this type of one-on-one -on -one online uh, it, it falls off and just vendors and, and your purchasing isn't as geared and not expecting that as much. I have, um, I have vendors who, who we've signed up and we send them the information and they say, well, how many items can we bring? And I say, how many do you have? You know, we will make if we don't have enough room in a full room, we'll make a second or third suite for you. And we'll put all your products in there because mm -hmm. the idea of a show, a virtual show should be bring everything you got. Let's show it off. And no union fees for unloading it from the truck. <laughs> there you go. Well, you got that right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other thing you mentioned, which I liked again, I mean, I, you can just keep mentioning things is who can attend. We are going to make sure that we vet every single person who attends that they're a buyer, a buyer or an associate of a buyer, you know, a GM, a manager. Now, if you want to have your 12-year-old sit there and watch it with you, that's fine. But you better be logged in as a buyer and talking to the vendors because that's what they expect in our show. Is your show offering workshops? Yes. So we have 26 classes. And we have a full workshop room and we have a full COVID workshop room Very good. Um, that's uh, set up as well. So there's workshops and we're doing a whole COVID area. And, um, and we actually, I mean, I can even release some of the sponsors of some of those areas. So, so much like us, we're, we're still in the process of um, uh, securing speakers uh, because the decision was just made a while ago to, 
to host a, an online show, a virtual show, if you will. And much like Doug is saying, um, that online experience is, it cannot be, especially for your vendors, it cannot be just a directory. There has to be that personal interaction so that when someone shows up to West Coast, um, they've looked at the website and say, well, all these vendors are there. Then they click on one of several different links to go to a space where those vendors will be and they can talk with the vendors. Maybe uh, we haven't set everything up just yet, but it could be round table. And then, Oh, I like what um, Jerry Vane is selling uh, that I can put you into a breakout room so you can do a deal and come back something along those lines. Uh, that way you get a chance, but much like Doug is saying, when people say, well, what can I bring to my show? Well, if you're at your home or at your office for this, you can get up with your camera and walk around and show them everything you've got. <laughs> so uh, you don't have to ship all this stuff to a show currently. So that's that's just it. Um, uh, so we are working also, uh, and I applaud that, Doug. I applaud the fact that you do also realize that it can't just be a, a list of here's everybody and here's their website. That's nice. <laughs> But it's not that interaction that, uh, and I just wrote a note down because Doug hit on a real, very important point. And that is the interaction that your exhibitors have at the trade show also. Walking around the trade show floor and going, that's bitching. What the, you just built the thing at the jig there. That's awesome. Walking around, getting to say hello to people you haven't seen forever. You have to have that person to person uh, interactive time. And I'm, we are, as a, a board, there's a board of directors that runs West Coast. Um, we are working diligently, uh, each of us in our own areas, um, to make sure that we have that available for uh, those who are attending. And again, to attend, it's free. Uh, we don't think we'll have any workshops that will have any um, cost attached to them. If we do, it'll be minimal, uh, like we have had in the past where like uh, we've had uh, a V-Neal or makeup artist show up or somebody that's a bigger name in the industry show up and uh, they're asking us for a fee. We have to recuperate that because we are a, a charity event. So we have to cover costs, but we're trying to keep it as a minimum. Um, I don't handle the trade show um, sales portion of this. So if you have any uh, inquiries that you want to find out what the trade show looks like or what the trade show costs would be to a vendor, um, I don't have that information in front of me. I apologize. But uh, we have a meeting on February 5th as a board to uh, solidify that information. And we'll have that information out shortly thereafter. Uh, speakers also, we're also taking speaker inquiries uh, currently. It's on the, on the website. And at the end of the roundtable, we'll give you a chance to give all the plugs, including sure. contact info for all that. We appreciate well. that. Definitely I do want to awesome. I do want to remind everybody, you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on the Big Scary Show. We are talking virtual conventions with our very special guests, Doug Sheldon and Ed Roberts, with our usual co-hosts. We're going to take a very short break right now, and we'll be right back. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane, only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drivers. Where are we? Jerry Vane takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of Patient 292. Time for your medication. 
Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from instrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. And we're back to the Roundtable of Terror. We are talking virtual expos, virtual cons, all things virtual in the midst of a global pandemic. It looks like that's going to be at least the wave of the immediate future. Our special guest, Doug Sheldon, who is putting on something called the Virtual Fear Expo. Ed Roberts of the West Coast Haunters Convention, who will also be doing a virtual event. All the usual hosts, including Meat Hook Jim, who was an instructor at HauntCon this year. They had a virtual event just last week, and uh, I am sure, you know, I have taught at HauntCon before and a couple of other shows, and Jim has taught at shows before. Um, what were the differences, what were the similarities, and how was it teaching at a virtual event? Well, um, you know, definitely different. Uh, you know, I taught two classes at HauntCon in 2011. Um, the second class you drew, of course, a part of, um, and, you know, it the one thing I missed from the entire thing was the, was, was the face-to-face interaction with the student. Um, well, that being said, um, I didn't have to travel to get there. And it gave me time to really lay out um, our class. And my partner, uh, Donnie Hoover, we did this class together. And it was much like what we're on here, the Zoom platform, we had a limited amount of guests because it was supposed to be a workshop, but how much workshop can you do when you can't physically show something? So what we did is we relied on um, our PowerPoint presentations, um, a selection of, of our own you know, teachings, as well as um, demonstration videos that we had um, gathered throughout the web. We did not have time to shoot our own videos because this really... Uh, Philip Hernandez came up to us like literally last month and said, I think you guys would be great to do this. And we're scrambling to put something together and make it look professional as we could. So we did the PowerPoint with videos went really well. We got a lot of positive feedback. We were getting some chatter in the chat room, which I appreciated. And one nice thing is um, the fact that at the end of the presentation, a poll popped up to rate the class and uh we got an overwhelming um excellent rating from the attendees which is always a good sign and you know again i missed the 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 human interaction but this was the next next best thing to me and it saved me a lot of money because i didn't have to travel you do realize it's been 10 years since we taught that first class together (laughs) i know i'm wearing um Oh my gosh, we are so old. Um, Ed and Doug, let's start with Ed. Ed, how are you conducting speakers and classes last year versus this year? Are they going to be about the same way? Will they be via Zoom or via some other platform? Or how will will you be conducting your educational classes and and such? Uh, Education will be on a Zoom platform. Uh, Much like last year, we opted for the platform because as uh, the majority of us have said before, majority of us are educators and uh, are very familiar with the platform. Um, the chat room feature is a great way for people to pop in questions. Um, 
It enables, uh, with the new upgrades to Zoom, it enables me to put two speakers side by side. It enables me to do roundtable rooms. Uh, so if we're do having a roundtable, I can bring in multiple people as uh, pin them. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be Zoom platform. You'll be able to once the excuse me once the speakers are um, set and the contract signed, we'll announce them and then you can start signing up for classes. Uh, one of the nice features about having the accounts that most of us at West Coast have is that we don't have a limited number of attendees that can attend a class unless a speaker does specify. Like if I'm doing a make and take online and they specify that they would like to keep it small, then we can, of course, do that for them. But it will be through the Zoom platform. Very nice. How about uh, you, Doug? How will you be running your educational seminars and things? Um, so our education um, I'll start with that. Um, the way that we're going to end up doing our classes is we already have a schedule out. Um, we have, you know, some really, really good speakers. Um, Spencer Kelly is going to do a roundtable on COVID. Um, we have um, Kyle Vest, who's going to be doing a couple classes, um, and a couple of people from his direct group. Um, we have Steve Fielder, who's going to be doing classes. Um, not to forget Bloody Mary is going to be um, doing a class um, and, and quite a few more that are released once everything's off signed. Um, so I'm excited about the way our class structure, excuse me, structure is going to go because of the fact that I think the one thing that always bothered me about taking classes at an in-person trade show, which makes a virtual one a little bit better, is I always hated watching a really great Alan Hobbs class you know, about how the monkey, the glow monkey can go across the ceiling and, you know, I'm into it and I'm writing all these notes and I get back to tell my guys and all of a sudden I look down and I can't read my chicken scratches. So I don't know how to make that, that thing happen. <laughs> so, so um, with our classes is uh, one thing is the classes will not overlap each other. They're, they're going to be one classroom is going to start and then have a Q&A after the, the class. So usually a half an hour class with a half an hour Q&A. And then the second room will open. So that way there's no overlap. You can go to all of our different classes. Um, the speaker, everything is going to be done through portal. So it's a click and enter. Um, it's not like Zoom where you got to download it or have anything special. You're in our virtual reality show floor, you click on the hotspot and it, you enter the room, the classroom, whatever we have it designed as. Who knows, we might have skeletons hanging from the ceiling in some of them, we don't know yet. So, um, but that's, that's the way we're gonna do the classes. I'm excited because Fear Factory is going to sponsor the COVID hall. And that's where a lot of our workshops are going to be at and, um, and educational. Um, we're, we're looking at some different ways to be able to, you know, allow you to take some of that stuff home with you even and download some of the seminars through the COVID as well. Cause there's a lot of haunts out there that didn't get open last year and they're planning on opening this year and they need that information from all of us haunts that did open. And we want to share that. And we're excited that fear factory is going to be part of that and helping us share the COVID plans. Nice. Any questions from the hosts? Yeah. Um, with your conferences with with the educational and the and the uh, demonstration portions. One of the things I have liked about other shows I've attended is the ability to schedule and to organize even your own personal schedule with um, what's out there. There's so much you don't get from a, a description um, out there, and I, I did like you know the scheduling element. Um, 
where, okay, yeah, I can click this one and add it to my own little calendar. I can, you know, schedule a meeting with somebody else, know what's overlapping and have a general idea. And then just someplace I can look and see, oh yeah, I wanted to do this, this, and this. Do I have enough time to finish up this one thing, meet with somebody real quick before uh, getting in, in this conference? Do you have scheduling tools uh, with your shows? We're looking at two current, uh, currently looking at two platforms, one of them being Sign Up Genius and the other uh, through Google Calendar. A lot of people use Google Calendar to schedule their times so that if you have a link to all of your Zoom um, platform meetings on your Google Calendar, uh, it will give you a, a notification that in 15 minutes you have another class that you'll be attending or whatever. Uh, and we're not going to stack classes. Uh, so that won't be just class, 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 class. One of the things that we did at West Coast in the past, especially in person, was that you had at least an hour to a half an hour between class. So you could go down to the trade show floor, mingle, and then go to a class. We also had trade show floor classes. So if you wanted to attend uh, one of those, you could do that as well. So uh, either Sign Up Genius, which if you've never used it before, uh, you go in, you pick what you want. And then it sends you an email in return says you have signed up for da, 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 da. These are your classes. I, Doug. So um, yes, definitely. We, um, my business partner, Chris Hartley, um, he's kind of my IT genius behind the scene. He um, he's already done something with all of our scheduling with a company called honk you. We're trying to do everything through the honk world. Um, and we can definitely use HomQ, and then also HomQ's um, went ahead and coincided with Google Platform, so that way it'll also send it not only a text message to you when your class is ready to start, like a warning, hey, you're going to need to get to your class, but it'll also remind you on your Google Calendar. Um, we do, and I forgot to mention this, and I'm sorry, but when I was talking about classes, we also have a step outside of the classes. We have an entertainment stage that'll be going on. Um, and that stage, you'll be able to go through, there'll be podcasts going on throughout the day, um, makeup contests. And then we even have Midnight Syndicate that's going to release two of their um, new uh, demos, two of their new um, songs at the expo. So kind of excited about that. And you can play that music as you're walking through the expo. Ooh, that's a neat feature. And I do like with both of you that you're both, you know, either working have an independent element to help with scheduling or something very haunt related, which is also independent because as, as one of the things which can be weird with it, if you're trying to log in or if you have some issue with how it's organized, you know, something adding to your own calendar is great. Like that at perfect for like my situation uh, during the show, I also had a dentist appointment. So I had to add stuff to schedule around to it in one and then do the same thing in another. And then my work schedule, I had to do this to take the time off and everything. So if you're using something independently, um, either very haunt related uh, or with like a Google calendar or something. I, I think that'll be very beneficial to exhibitors and attendees of the show. And um, also love the idea of the, you know, the, the stuff happening on the show floor and uh, music and, and neat things like that, because they become icebreakers, which is another element that makes something in my opinion, go from being online to virtual because uh, even, even in this online element that we're in now, you know, if you go into a zoom call with 50 people and you have something very in common, like the horn industry, you can sit there and not be engaged until some element, some icebreaker happens and, you know, show floor demos and things happening at a booth have, have always done that. And even if it's been negative, which is neat too. I mean, how many times have you been to a show floor and, oh my God, I hate being next to that really loud thing. You know, you'll discuss <laughs> it at the bar, you'll mention that. And then somebody else will walk up and chime in 
and just have a comment about it. I go, I know if they could turn down the volume, I want it that loud in my haunt, but not when I'm trying to make a sale of t-shirts next to it, that type of thing. You know, it does become a neat icebreaker and, and pulls in that interactive element with it. And, uh, you know, I, 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 the way you guys are going direction we're going and the direction that even I think shows in the future when we are more important person, I think these virtual elements are going to be very important uh, for shows to continue to keep evolving and, you know, try and uh, elevate themselves within the industry. I, I think this is going to be an important element. This is going to be something that doesn't go away after this year. Well, and, and we are taking, so one of the things the vendors have asked me, and um, you remember I told you I met with, with all these vendors and, you know, there's a lot of important things, but the, the one thing that kept coming up over and over is how are you going to keep the patrons on the floor? And so I came up with 19 ways, along with other members, all of us talking, to keep patrons on the floor. So, I mean, we have our fear points. You earn fear points and you can earn free stuff. We have door prizes. You'll be walking through the expo and all of a sudden there'll be an announcement that Joe Johnson from Scream Haunt just won a gallon of blood, you know. So we're going to have interactive stuff like that. We're going to have scavenger hunts. So you have to go through the haunt and you have to find the hat of Frosty the Snowman. And maybe it's up in the ceiling of somewhere. Um, and you earn points by that. We're, we're going to have, um, you know, in the front, we're working right now with Haunt Porto to be able to offer a true virtual haunted walkthrough. Um, we also, back in the escape rooms, we have an escape company that's going to do a five-minute online escape room. So you'll be able to experience what an online escape room is. And then, you know, another thing we're doing is I'm reaching out to a couple haunts, and we're going to do a lights-on walkthrough with the owner. And then a Q&A after that. So a couple of these haunts that maybe you've never been to, you get an opportunity to go ahead and, you know, walk into their haunt with the owner and have them kind of show you what they do. So, I mean, we have, and I'm only touching the surface of everything we have going on. That was one of the, that was one of the most popular attended events last year's um, West coast was the lights on walkthrough tour of fear PDX. So kudos. Um, People will, people love that, especially we're haunters. Show me your stuff. Show me what you do, how you do it. You know, I can't tell you how many times we've opened up the nightmare factory and people are, first of all, they want to talk about all, you know, what you do it at the deaf school, how do you do it at the deaf school, all the different things we do to do a haunted house. We've been running for 34 years. Um, And then they get in there they think, oh, it's going to be this cute little haunted house at a school for the deaf. And they realize that it's anything but. Um, I'm very proud of the fact that it is anything but. Um, So, show i'm even thinking about doing one of my events uh live from the haunt just you know walk around and do different things um there so people can see what we're up to keeps it fresh in their minds and it also opens up that personal interaction like well ed i see that you have this prop from poison props how do you like that well i love it because it has never broken down in the eight years we've had it sitting there. I love it. Um, things like that. How do you set up your makeup room? Well, let me take you in and show you. So your, your haunt, if they're willing to open up and show you what they've done, if they're a haunt that was open during COVID times and they're willing to show people 
what just tiny little snippets of what it is they've done. So that's there was only one haunt open in uh, Oregon that was uh, able to get through the tremendous restrictions that we had. So um, one of the other things that we're we're having a conversation is the um, drive-through. Um, haunted houses, the drive-in haunted houses. Um, we're going to be talking about that, much like Doug and Fear Expo. We have the COVID conversations. You have to, you have to, have to, have to have that. People want to know how are we going to open up in these times. So you have to talk about it. Um, so that the virtual walk-through haunted house, not virtual, the in-person on, you know, lights on. Um, brilliant. Really, people dug it. Dug it. Get it? What I did there? Dug it. What's exciting about that too is one of the hardest things anyone has when, you know, giving a tour of their haunt or doing something in real life is trying to present that to a large crowd. You end up either having to break everything up or just having a group where no one in back knows what's going on, you know, 40 feet ahead of you and you can never answer questions and stuff. So that's, that's, I'd be really excited to check out and see a lights on um, online virtual uh, presentation in any type of situation because sometimes you don't get a lot out of that and you got to make it your own even when you attend a show and you do go to an in-person lights on thing you you're not getting the the the, the full tour i know i know as a haunt owner um last year uh, i added thursdays to my schedule and um i sold tickets at the haunt in grand rapids michigan for an online walk, or excuse me, lights on walkthrough with the owner. And I was booked every single slot I had, every single one of them. They, I was sold out. I had, group, I had a group of haunters come from Chicago to see our haunt and walk through it with us with me. That's awesome because that's that's always something you get during a season too, is uh, you know your, your regular people who are just probably casual fans, but they do want to learn a little bit more. They they might not become haunts or, or doing this, but they will get inspired and end up you know might be calling one of these vendors for something for their yard or for their Halloween party next year. So that's that's awesome. It's good, and that's why I'm excited about you know what what we talked about with Ed. I mean, Ed did it last year and um, we're going to do it this year every night at the end of the show. Cause our shows, you know, closes at a certain time around six o'clock. We're going to go ahead and we have events through the whole night. We even have um, where you can watch scary shows with other people. But I mean, I, you got to go to the event tab and, and see everything we have going on, but it's the live walkthroughs, three different ones on three different nights. And so super excited about that. Well, I have to say that on Midwest tour several years ago, Jerry and I went through the haunt and it was a spectacular haunt. And I can only imagine it's gotten better over the last few years, even from then. So you know, oh, yeah. something to look forward to. Thank you. That was probably the highlight of that, of that tour too. I would say. I want to say, yeah. In fact, I think we did, we uh, did a, a group photo in the parking lot. Well, we uh, brought a so. dragon in last year. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> Ed, I wanted to ask you about uh, how you did your costume ball virtually. I know you did it last year, but you know, how do you just like dress up at your house and then just kind of check out what everybody else is doing? How does how does that necessarily work? Absolutely. Well, um, 
we had a, a, a DJ and he had his playlist and you joined the zoom and you had, you know, a lot of people had their own little party lights going and we were, it was more again, an opportunity just to sit down and chat with people via the chat room uh, feature or just see each other and party on. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was nothing spectacular. You know, we didn't send you party favors. We didn't any of that stuff because it was a, it, it will be again, a free, uh, event, um, unlike when it's in person, uh, we're not sending you a tray of hors d'oeuvres or anything like that. <laughs> There's no, no all-you-can-eat pizza bar uh, this year, but uh, it's just a great opportunity for people to see each other, just listen to some fun tunes. And then when we were done with that last year, I hosted an after-hours uh, event that even saw a larger number of people and we just sat and talked and chatted and I, you know, I would take requests from people, you know, and um, just sat there and had a good time with each other. Much like when, when we do the other pre-show um, meet and creep, we're going to do that again this year. We didn't do it last year. Uh, we'll, we'll meet and we'll just talk about Halloween haunted houses. It's just another opportunity to round table and, and chat with each other. One of the things I'm really excited about, as you mentioned, I can't remember if it was on the air or during the break, that you are possibly bringing back the 13th floor this year. Yeah, we are. We are going to uh, try to finalize that uh, on, on our next board meeting, which is in the first week in February. Uh, yeah, we're going to try to bring back the 13th floor. So those of you who've never been to West Coast Honors Convention, we have a uh, hotel that has a real 13th floor. And you can rent one of the 26 rooms. You, you pay a small fee. You get a package of tchotchkes that go along with it. And then we have a theme. Uh, like uh, this year, we have an announcement theme. Last year, it was classic Halloween. We made it simple. Uh, and we didn't even have a 13th floor. But we will have a theme. You decorate. And then the judges will jump around and look at your stuff. And then we decide you know, who's the best of show. We'll have a poll. You know, it's the attendees choice, things like that. And we'll, we have uh, uh, some nice awards that go along with it. Uh, costume ball. Uh, we didn't do the costume contest last year. We, we might, I, again, not a hundred percent sure if we're going to do that. Um, but we'll, we'll do our best to at least try. We haven't done the body painting contest in a while. Uh, we don't want to cram too much into an, uh, a weekend, a Saturday and Sunday uh, uh, event. So we have to be cautious as to how much we actually put in. Okay. Doug, are you going to be doing uh, some sort of, you know, you talked about later night stuff. Will there be a costume ball per se from your end? So at this time, we don't have it planned to do a, a costume ball. Um, we have a couple other events that we're looking at for, you know, after hours. Um, and, um, you know, we have class, we have our vendor Q and A's where the vendors get together and talk. We have our, um, makeup contests that will be running into the evenings. We have movie watch parties with Amazon gift where you can send people like, you know, a bottle of wine and stuff like that. And then we have the live haunt tours. And then we have our virtual DJ hangout, um, that'll be going on through the night. So we have quite a few other things. Um, I just couldn't wrap my head around until just hearing Ed talk about the costume thing. So I think I'm going to sit back and watch his and see how it goes. And we'll see if we can, you know, implement it next year. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Any other questions from the hosts? Are you still taking, you know, applications for, 
you know, classes and seminars, you know, Jim just taught one, maybe he'd be interested in another one, who knows, but uh, any other questions from the hosts? I do have six class spots still open. We have 26 total through the three days. Um, so we still have six still open that we're looking to get um, attendees. They can go to our website or go to our Facebook page and apply. And then we get back to them. We just want to make sure we vet everyone to make sure, you know, that they, they can give a class. Right. Um, so definitely have spots open for classes still. Is there a vetting process for that? I mean, do you have to have taught something before or can anybody just sign up and say, hey, I've got something interesting to teach? So, so at this point, I mean, I, I, the way I look at it is anyone can sign up. It's just not anyone can get the job. <laughs> um, so it come down to a comparison, um, you know, what the classes is. I mean, for instance, I mean, you have Bloody Mary and Kyle Vest for makeup. It's going to be hard for me to bring someone else in to do makeup besides those two. You kind of see what I'm saying? So anyone yep. can sign up. Um, <laughs> But we're going to want to we're going to want to make sure that you can give a class because we want to make sure that the people who are paying attention to this get something out of that class that's that's worth that time and dedication they put into it. Do you have uh, subjects, you know, for the type of education seminars that each year are featuring? Like, do you have a marketing group? Do you have a, uh, you know, design? Do you, do you or have do you have it broken up in that direction? We do. Yes. I do. Would you like to hear them? Be great. Great. To, yes, to, please. To an idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Doug. Let's do it. All right. So I'm just going to give you the overall category. I won't break it down to my subcategories, but um, we have 11 categories. Um, the first one is props. I mean, I could give you subcategories if you guys want. Um, the next one is actors. Yeah, it's better if I give you subs because it makes more sense. <laughs> props is building props, buying props and placement of props and repairing props. Um, actors is training actors, actors, H and R management, which includes hiring, firing, and put them in the right places. And the importance of theme controllers, marketing, marketing plans, digital and print social media marketing, and how to get sponsors after COVID advertising after COVID Q line process after COVID. And what have we learned from COVID? Um, makeup and costumes, makeup versus mask, using airbrush um, for COVID-related, um, you know, haunts. Co costumes and making, or excuse me, <laughs> costumes and makeup fitting, and then theme-based makeup and costumes. Um, making money, gift shops and extra, budgeting. Um, we have our vendors class. Every vendor that takes a full room can do a class. So we have like CFX froggies and a couple other ones that are going to do classes um owning and operating a haunted house uh, guest experience what do you need to know to run a haunted attraction set design vacuum foam using using foam theme design and badass looks <laughs> safety actor safety hiring and training security and then lights and sound sorry <laughs> there was a lot Oh, no apologies on that. That's a good breakdown. And it gives a real gist of what each one is. I, I know sometimes with any uh, show, you know, personal, virtual, online, you, you, there's somewhere you walk into it thinking it's one thing and it is something different. And either you sit down, you're really interested or you're like, uh, let me see what they're cheering about across the hall and slip out the door. And that's why I didn't, I didn't want anyone to be able to, I didn't want anyone to miss a class. So we do not have any classes going at the same time. And you can go in and watch every single class and still attend the showroom. So.
Nice. Ed, do you have a breakdown on your tracks for, as far as classes, or are you still not ready to release that info? Still working on it, but it will be, um, you know, much like running a haunt, um, COVID safety for sure, things like that. I mean, it'll be much like we've done in the past with you adding the COVID element into it, uh, operating. You know, I was a part of a group of haunters that ran a uh, drive through haunted house. We put that together in 30 days. While there were forest fires going on a mile and a half down the road and people who were at the fairgrounds camping with their horses and cows around our sets. So we're going to be talking about that experience and what we really learned from it. And so, um, no, there's really not yet. I can't release. Once February gets here and uh, um, our public relations person releases it, then you'll be able to see it. But we are except we are accepting speakers. Uh, and if you go to our website, you can find that. Oh, I definitely want to hear the story about the horses and cows around the drive-through. Oh, my oh my God! God, it was. <laughs> It was it was fascinating, let me tell you. But in the end, the event. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. You you come to my class with the rest of them, and we will share some <laughs> of the some of the stuff that we we taught a country fair people, nicest people to work with, how the haunt world works, and yeah, they were they were clueless. They were fun, but they but yeah. How much is that prop? I have to insure it for how much? Are you what? Here, let me show you on the website. Here it is. See, there it is. That's five thousand dollars. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Having worked for a farm that did a hayride for over ten years, yeah, I oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> farm math is a whole nother subject. So that's what we call in the biz a professional teaser. So I mean, right yeah. right there, go to a website and start checking out that just so you get the rest of the story. Yeah. Any other questions from the hosts? Um, so I just, you know, one thing that I just want to, I, I know we're getting close to the end of this. And I think one thing that it was important that we um, just covered is these virtual trade shows are coming out, not because we're thinking that, you know, Hey, let's do a virtual trade show. We're coming out as necessity. We're coming out for safety. I mean, I can't imagine sitting in a classroom right now and doing a class um, at, you know, a trade show. It, there's just there's just too many moving parts, too many moving parts to do it right now. So I am 100 percent for normalcy. I can't wait to get back and travel to all the trade shows. I mean, I love to go there and spend money and drink beer at the end of the night. All right? <laughs> but I can tell you right now. I think that virtual trade shows are important for other reasons. Only about 30% of the haunt owners even go to a trade show. And so this has given us an opportunity to get some vendors in there who can't afford right now to not have something going on. Let's kick off the season correctly. Let's, let's support these virtual trade shows. Let's get them going. And then we can get back and, and go to our, to our in-person trade shows when that happens. But um, I don't see our trade show going away. I think it's going to be something that's just going to keep getting better, better, and better every year. Well, and I, I, I on that note, Doug, I think that the virtual portion of the show, even though it would be uh, eventually we'd like to go back in person, that virtual portion needs to stay there because attendees from around the world cannot justify 
spending money to fly in from Japan to come to a show. My show is small. Okay. It is a, it is, uh, we can talk about it a little later, what the show really is, but it is a small show. But now that we're online, we have, we can offer, offer so much more to so many people being virtual. So some portion of this virtual world, I believe needs to remain with the trade shows when they go back to being in person. And, and I think the fact that we're helping, we're helping that, that new company, you know, that, that guy, um, like, um, that is just getting started, you know, maybe we're, we're helping out the next Kyle Thomas, you know, um, get, get his little store going and he can go to a virtual trade show. He can't afford a big booth, but he makes some amazing stuff. You know, that's what excites me about this. And the fact that I can help save a vendor who, you know, just doesn't have any money right now. Um, that's what I'm excited about. Exactly. Oh boy. I I couldn't agree more that, that, that portion about helping somebody who is just getting started or is struggling because of COVID situations or life in general, uh, situations. Uh, We have a vendor that has been coming since the, uh, third year of the show who's had a tragic year. We're going to do everything we can to make sure that vendor has a space on our show floor. We're reaching out to vendors we've never had before saying, come on, let's help you. Let us help you make some sales because we know current times suck so bad. So let us help you. We can do it. That's always been my my motto. Um, I know that professional trade shows have a place in the industry because the professional shows uh, the professional haunters need a place to go and buy for their, that is their livelihood. I understand that. But shows like mine where everybody is welcome, they can come, whether you're somebody who's just loves decorating their front yard all the way up to big pros. All right. Is welcome because we can share. Now, do I have every big pro on the West coast attend? Of course not. They're, they're busy. They, they, they're doing their thing and I get it. All right. But we want to offer that opportunity for those who might. Okay. I've got people who are now doing haunted houses professionally because of their experiences at West coast, because of the willingness of the board of directors and those who attend to share. All right. I think that's really what this should be is if I have somebody who asks me, a question related to haunted houses. And I don't have an answer. I'm going to find someone that does have an answer. If I have the answer, I will willingly give it. Okay. Um, so the, the, the virtual show is a tremendous way to make a contact for those people who are pros, who are uh, charities like myself, who, you know, when we were open, we, we were averaging uh, 15 to 16,000 people in a season. That's not a huge show. That's not, that's not, you know, Netherworld or, you know, the big, big shows, but we're, we're doing okay for ourselves. I can show you, I can show people how we do it and they're doing it. Okay. But that's, that's it. We have to, and by not having any kind of access to that, by just cutting it off, no in-person show, no show. No, 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 no. I won't have it. And I'm glad Doug is doing something also that the more outlets we have for people to go, well, I can't go to West Coast, but I can go to Fear Expo or I can go to Fear Expo and West Coast, whatever. I can go to the new Idaho show. Uh, I can go to Transworld. Go to as many 
dang shows as you can and learn as much as you can and interact with people because you'd be surprised at how accessible the vast majority of professional and charity haunters are. They're very accessible. They're not scary people. And I can tell you a story. I asked uh, Ed er uh, Terebus from Erebus Haunted House years ago how he did his bottomless pit. The conversation was like an hour long and it was just the nicest guy. And I thought, this guy is Pontiac, Michigan. He's huge. He's not going to talk to me, this little guy at, you know, school for the deaf in Oregon. Uh, But I was wrong. So don't be afraid. Reach out, talk to people um, and learn. What? You got Ed to talk to you? Jeez, I live down the road and he won't talk to me. <laughs> I am so kidding. Ed is the greatest on the road. I've been yes, up, he is. I've been upstairs in the hotel there at Transworld with him. So nice. <laughs> he's a great guy. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you look at someone like Ben Armstrong with Netherworld. I've talked with him. I've just, you know, don't be afraid. We, we put our pants on one leg at a time, well, most of us. Um, we're, we're, we're regular people. We're here to help. We're here to, to, to commiserate. We're here to, you know, yeah, it sucked horribly here in Oregon to not have any haunted house but one. And I will let uh, that haunt owner talk. He's probably going to give a talk about how he did it um, at our show. Uh, Brian is a really great guy, but he's somebody that I helped start from the beginning. And now he's a pro haunter in Oregon. So we'll, we'll talk about a lot of that stuff at our show. How, how, to, um, how to get started. Okay. Sounds great. One other real quick question, because it's been over a year since I bought a new haunt t-shirt, a mug or anything else. Are you guys going to have any uh, online shop for your shows? Doug? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, we definitely have (laughs) online uh, merchandise. Um, We're also working on gift packages to send out to people once they sign up. Um, we also have online stores for all of our vendors that we're working on as well, too. So we have a lot going on where you can get, you know, all kinds of, but just show up at the, at the show, walk the floor and you could win that kind of stuff. You don't even got to buy it. Right. And we will definitely, we didn't have a shirt last year, so we'll have a retro shirt, which is in design and we'll have a show for this, uh, a shirt for this year's show. Nice. Final questions. I mean, you well, can it- go. Let me check real quick. Hang on. If you don't mind, let me check our store and see what we got left. Because if you go to our website, and I'll, I'll talk about that, we still have certain items that are left over from years past that you're more than welcome to help take off our hands if you'd like to buy them. <laughs> no doubt. We don't well, have Ed, left because we're brand new. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, this is the part of the show we generally like to call the plugs, where you can plug all this information. I mean, again, if you're a small haunter and you're just, you know, making stuff for fun and you think, well, maybe I should try my hand at one of these shows, you know, virtual might be the way to go. There'll be people from literally all over the world possibly attending these shows and they might see your product and say, hey, I need 10,000 of those. And bam, all of a sudden you're the big time. So. We hope that happens this year, and we certainly would like to hear about it if it does. But uh, we want you guys to uh, please give us information. What are the dates of your expos? When are they happening? How can people sign up? You know, again, are there any costs involved if they're a vendor or if they're a contributor or, you know, no cost to attend? 
But um, let's start with Doug. Doug, tell us how people can get information about the Virtual Fear Expo. When is it going to be happening? The times, the websites, the social medias where people can get more information. And I assume registration is open or will be open soon. Okay, great. Well, um, the, the date is March 19th, 20th, and 21st. Um, we're releasing the times along with the, um, the classes, and we're planning on having the classes filled up by middle of the week. So I predict that Wednesday we're going to have a press release with our times and our classes, um, if everything's going right and it looks like it is. To, um, to attend Fear Expo, you just need to go to fearexpo.com and you can register as an attendee. Please remember that you have to be a buyer or a haunt owner, and we will verify that. Um, we're, we're, this isn't going to be an event for, for actors or anything like that. I apologize, you know, we are talking about doing a replay, so you can still come back and check out the floor and watch some of the videos, but when, when our vendors are there, we wanna make sure that they get an opportunity to talk to buyers. Um, everything we're doing is, you know, about trying to help the, the haunt owners and the vendors. Um, so definitely go to fearexpo.com. We have a couple of videos there so you can get an idea of vendors. Um, you can request a demo. It, it, we, it, we schedule it according to your time. It can take anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes or 15 minutes to a half an hour, um, depending on the questions you have. The demo is worth it because you really get to see what virtual trade show looks like. Um, so definitely I recommend people taking a demo. Um, the other, the other um, big thing that I, I just want to make sure that we touch on is if you are a small vendor, you have to have a website. That's the only rule. We need you to be a real vendor. Okay. So you got to have a website. So hurry up and go get one made, whatever the case may be. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have a booth for you. I don't care if, um, if you can't afford it, we're going to help you out and we'll put you into one of our free booths. We're going to promote you and we're going to help you get some sales and get through 2021. And, and let's make this year great for all of our vendors and all of our hot owners. Very nice. So fearexpo.com. Ed, give us the websites for where people can get information about West Coast Haunters Convention, the dates and all that. Hauntersconvention.com is the website. Um, the dates, uh, the pre-show gatherings are on April 30th. The trade show and convention itself will take place on May 1st and 2nd. Um, now, let's talk about a couple other things, too. The event, because it is a charity event, raising funds to give grants to professionals that work with deaf and or autistic children, um, we have an auction, a silent auction that will take place the entire weekend. That is one of our primary sources of fundraising for this uh, a charity. Um, and if any of you know anything about uh, the deaf world or uh, people who work with deaf children, autistic kids, um, there's not the funding is just not there. Okay, so we're able to help a lot of people with a lot of things they need. Um, so <clears throat> auction, costume ball, all of this you can find at hauntersconvention.com. Uh, registration will open shortly, uh, probably after our board meeting next week, Friday. Um, da, 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 trade show vendors, you can reach out. There's a way to go on the website to get information about being a, a, a vendor. Um, 
I don't have that information uh, to release just yet. I do apologize. Um, we have to, the, the, the long and short of it is for us, because we are a charity event, we got to make a little money. Okay. If we don't make a little money and we're not giving grants, then we won't be here. All right. But this is a show for everybody. And the show was started because in 2010, it was just too expensive for me to take my kids to Hong Kong or Transworld. Uh, it was just too much. So I did a small show at the deaf school that, that year. We had 11 vendors and probably 80 people show up. And then afterwards, Extreme Makeover Home Edition came and remodeled everything. And everything just took off. And the director of the school got freaked out and was like, oh, you can't do this show on campus anymore. There are too many weird people roaming around. Like, what's up with that guy at the vampire teeth? That <laughs> was Chad from Chateau Gur she was referring to, which is a long since gone um, portal for haunters. But I digress. So we, we, we got together with uh, the Davis Graveyard and um, some other great haunters here in Oregon and got a board of directors together. And here we are, God, is this our 12th? Would this be our 12th year now? So it's crazy. 11, 12 years. So here we are, the little show, you know, and we tell our vendors straight up that we don't have the thousands of people that trans world sees, but sometimes that's to your advantage because you're going to get more people walking past your booth. So absolutely. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we're, we're we're excited to be able to bring this to everybody. If you have more info, uh, if you need more information, you can always reach the Big Scary Show. They can send you to me, or you can reach out to us through HauntersConvention.com. Excellent. Well, Doug and Ed, it has been yes, sir. Real quick, I'm sorry I forgot to say this, and a lot of people have been asking about it. Our media kit is on our website, and it's up in the right hand corner. You just click on media kit next to the about us, and that gives all of our products and prices and everything so excellent well doug and ed i wish you nothing but success for this i i tend to agree with you i do think that virtual conventions are going to be here for a long time even after covid in at least a small capacity but you know like everyone agrees nothing beats a real sit down talk with people face to face live but Mm -hmm. you guys are doing your part to hold the fort down in the meantime, so we want to thank our guests again, Doug Sheldon from Grand Rapids, Michigan, the Virtual Fear Expo, Ed Roberts with the West Coast Haunters Convention in Oregon. And of course, we couldn't do this without our great co-hosts, including Storm. Save a vendor, go to a virtual convention. Just remember, even though it's virtual, still is a dress code. And that's the uh, black t-shirt and jeans. We, we don't want any naked people showing up to these things. <laughs> Meat hook, Jim. Um, that's kind of hard to follow, Storm. That was that was perfect. I loved it. I'm just going to leave it at that. Jerry Vane. The amount of money I'll be buying for virtual haunt shirts will just be staggering. <laughs> My name is Drew Badger, and I actually went from June to November not wearing long pants, so I hate that there's still a dress code for virtual things. This is the Roundtable of Terror here on... A big scary show.
Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Mm. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Shadow Symphony Hills, Blood-Drenched Hall, on the Big Scary Shelves. Greetings, listeners, and welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Greetings, listeners. Meet Hook Jim here. And on this episode, we're going to take a trip to the land down under, throw another shrimp on the barbie, and talk about the indigenous aboriginal people of Australia. They actually constitute 3% of the Australian population and have many varied death rituals and funeral practices dating back thousands of years, long before the first European settlers discovered the country. Aboriginal people may share common beliefs, but cultural traditions can vary widely between different communities and territories. These cultural differences mean that funeral traditions, sometimes referred to as sorry business, are not the same across all Aboriginal groups. 
Aboriginal religions revolve around stories of the beings that created the world. The creation period, or dream time, was when powerful ancestral beings shaped the land, building up mountains, digging out lakes, and creating plants and animals. From as early as 60,000 years ago, many Aboriginal societies believed that the ancestral beings were responsible for, for providing animals and plants for food. As a result, religious ceremonies in honor of the ancestors were a vital part of everyday life to ensure the continuing good fortune of the community. Funeral rituals are equally ceremonial. Though precise beliefs can vary, a common purpose of the funeral ceremony is to ensure the safe passage of the spirit into the afterlife. Some Aboriginal people believe that if the rituals are not done correctly, the spirit can return to cause mischief. In the past and in modern day Australia, Aboriginal communities have used both burial and cremation to lay their dead to rest. Traditionally, some Aboriginal groups buried their loved ones in two stages. First, they would leave them on an elevated platform outside for several months. Then, once only the bones were left, they would take them and paint them with red ochre. The painted bones could then be buried, placed in a significant location in the natural landscape, or carried with the family as a token of remembrance. However, in modern Australia, people with Aboriginal heritage usually have a standard burial or cremation, combined with elements of Aboriginal culture and ceremonies. Funerals and mourning are very much a communal activity in Aboriginal culture. Families, friends, and members of the larger community will come together to grieve and support each other. Ceremonies can last for days or even weeks, and children may be taken out of school in order to participate. There may not be a singular funeral service, but a series of ceremonies, dances, and songs spread out over several days. Each of these may have its own structure and meaning according to that community's specific traditions. Within some Aboriginal groups, there is a strong tradition of not speaking the name of the dead person. It is believed that doing so will disturb their spirit. They may use a substitute name such as Kumanaji, Kwentitaye, or Kunamaranan, and I'm sure I butchered those, in order to refer to the person who has died without using their name. Photographs or depictions of a person who died may also be seen as disturbance to their spirit. This is why Aboriginal families will not have photographs of their loved ones after they die. Not all communities conform to this tradition, but it is still commonly observed in the Northern Territory in particular. Ultimately, Aboriginal funeral traditions are incredibly varied and unique to each group. However, one aspect seems universal. They support and unified grief of a whole community as people come together to pay tribute to those who have died.
Fresh fetish. American International Pictures offer two extreme tales of shock. Super shock. One, the ultimate nightmare. Cannibal girls. There is never a meat shortage for cannibal girls. The sound of a bell will warn you when to close and open your eyes. When it rings, close your eyes and try to forget cannibal girls. Super Shock 2. You may never sleep again after experiencing raw meat. I imagine if each one died, the others ate him. <laughs> raw meat, a bloody cut above from the land of the hungry dead. Cannibal girls and raw meat together, a full color, fresh fetish, rated R from American International Pictures. Shadow Symphony. The dead are watching on the big scary show.
to dress up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karen. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karen. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karen.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screamline Studios Dark Imaginings Von Caron Productions Haunt Pay Ticket Leap and Creepy Collection we would also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse, as well as the Fordga hosts, including Storm, Rants and More, HauntMinute.com, The Unknown Scare Actor, Actor Trainer and Traveling Actor Troop. For more information, check out MaulMonsters.com, that's M-A-U-L Monsters.com. Drew Badger, Actor Trainer and Consultant. Find out more at rabidbadger.org. And Jerry Vane, the Hauntstrumentalist, for all your heavy metal and haunt needs. JerryVane.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.